Well, I am Arlene Vine, and for Alex Pearson, we're going to talk a little money and some of the stories of the day and how they can affect us. And joining us is Rubina Ahmed Hawk, who is Global News Radio personal finance expert. Rubina, welcome. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am good. Not so great If I, for Canadian women. We learned today that Canadian women who start businesses make 58% less than male entrepreneurs. I guess it could be worse. Um, well, that's pretty bad. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's even worse than the pay gap, which we often yeah. talk about, which women make 74 cents for every dollar a man makes. So that in and of itself is a concern because why are women in the exact same job with the same education, same level of experience making less? Um, and then you get to women who have that entrepreneurial spirit, who have that, that drive to start their own business. Why are they not getting access to the same kind of capital that men are? So this survey really does talk about the, the number one problem women have is um, access to financing. So they don't have investors looking at their businesses in a serious way. So they often turn to their own credit line or their own personal credit in order to fund their idea. And part of that really is, is because often women's ideas are not taken as seriously as a idea maybe a man came up with um, for whatever reason. And so sometimes it's difficult uh, for women entrepreneurs to find the funding to get their idea off the ground. All right. Why? You know, I've been doing this story for a long time. Why is it still happening here? I think there's still fundamentally uh, a problem when it comes to the way uh, women are viewed in the workforce and men are viewed in the workforce. Uh, Men tend to make more money because they maybe ask more, uh, ask more for a raise because they have that confidence mm-hmm. in knowing that they probably can make more women because there are other things happening in our life. We take time away to have children. We are usually the ones that are the caregiver of our elderly parents. So we often take ourselves out of the workforce. But even for women who don't have children, who spend as much time in their jobs uh, as you know, their counterparts, you often hear about you know, CEOs of big companies, women making um, less than a, oh, yeah. a CEO at a different company. And I, I think it's still, you know, there, sexism still exists in our society. There's still this feeling that a woman can't do uh, the, the same job as a man simply because she's a female. And that, that of course, is changing, but not fast enough. All right. I, I'm just wondering here, one of the examples is somebody was running a pet business or whatever. Um, did they factor in the ideas? Do women tend to do businesses? And I know you can't generalize at all, but are these the same type of businesses or do men pick different kinds of businesses? Well, the pet business in the survey, this survey was done by PayPal. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a good example. So it, it might not seem as a serious business, right? So you're, she was pitching an idea where people could get online help about their mm-hmm. pet care. And practically speaking, if you're a pet owner, that's amazing. Oh, I know. I'm a area, massive pet owner. Exactly. <laughs> and if you're an elderly person and you can't get to a veterinarian because it's, mm-hmm. maybe it's, it's, you know, it's, the cost is um, you can't afford to get there or, it, you know, you, you're not um, able-bodied enough to get there. So I definitely agree. that. But then the idea itself because maybe a woman was pitching it, it, it's not taken as seriously. And then you add in the idea that there's pets and veterinarians, so it seems like a softer idea, so maybe people don't take it as seriously mm-hmm. as, a, as a business that's, uh, you know, the, the next greatest car or the next greatest gadget that's going to get people moving. That maybe 
that kind of idea resonates better with investors. Uh, but again, we're generalizing, but that's a very good example of an idea that a woman would come up with um, that didn't get off the ground. All right, let me ask you, you know, we there was some numbers that came out and told us about what Canadians are spending their money on, and there were some, some freaky numbers about how uh, rents really, not just in big cities, are taking a large hunk of people's money. Also, that 9% of the annual income on communications for low-income Canadians is going to communications. That is unbelievable. What does that say? Is that a sign of just how basic now communications have become and how it's really hitting low-income people? So there's a couple of things that are going on. One is um, communication services in this country are so overpriced. If you compare us to European European countries, if you compare us to the United States, like to carry a cell phone or to have cable in your home or to have telephone service is much more expensive compared to those countries. That's the first problem is that we have two or three companies that have a monopoly in Canada and there is not enough competition and so we're paying these higher prices. The second problem is, is that when you are in a low income bracket, you maybe might not be able to afford other luxuries, like other entertainment, um, going out for dinner. So maybe putting your money into you know, having the best cable and having the fastest internet so that you can entertain yourself at home, maybe that is a priority. Yeah. I think that's one part of it mm-hmm. that they didn't look at. But the fact that, you know, they looked at people who are making less than $32,000 a year and it's taking 9% of it, if you're in that situation, you need to call your cable company and find out how you can get that bill reduced because that's, I mean, if, if that's what it is, I mean, they're saying average $223, it's more than $3,000. And how almost. do you get it reduced, Rabina? Well, you can maybe not get as as big of a package. So say yeah. you, you know, say you have the, the best cable possible. Mm-hmm. Maybe you need to get basic cable. Maybe you need to get rid oh, of Oh, so there's not some magic thing where they go, oh, you never asked before. You're, what you're doing is you're saying, call them up and get less what you're... I think you need to start whittling away. And I mean, if you carry a cell phone, uh, maybe you need to start being a little bit more aware of when you're using your data, when making sure that you're on Wi-Fi, those kind of little things that are going to help. And so you can then afford a cheaper package and still get the same kind of service. Uh, I I think gone are the days where you could call and just yell at the phone companies and they would give you a better... better Or just threaten to go somewhere else because, you know, you're saying to get less, but, you know, there's probably a lot of our listeners and I can jump in and say sometimes when you say, you know, I may get rid of my landlord. I may do that. And all of a sudden they go, actually, and the next thing you know, you're paying less for the same thing you got. Yeah. No, I definitely think that that's worth doing. Whenever you threaten to leave, they do give you a better deal. Mm-hmm. One thing to be aware of, mm-hmm. they're often contracts. So once that contract is up, they'll start charging you whatever the full price is. So that's often how they get you, is that you're on a cheap contract for a year, mm-hmm. and then it just rolls over into a more expensive contract. You can threaten to leave at the end of the year. Though. Yeah, and you could threaten <laughs> to leave at the end of the year, but then it's work again, right? It's not like, <laughs> yeah. and this is what frustrates me about mm-hmm. mobile companies and cable companies, is that they don't just give you a good deal and then that's it. It's like you have to call again and beg for that deal. Um, I wish it wasn't that way, and I wish that people in low-income situations, I mean, Internet, in my opinion, should be available to anybody who who needs it. I mean, Internet is almost... It, it, you, it's like a utility. Like we all need the internet to, in our day to day. It's available, lives. but we all pay for hydro, though, too. So that's true. That's true. But it should not be so prohibitive. It should. It should. It should be at a price where everybody can afford. Well, hydro is expensive. <laughs> Tell oh, that to Kathleen Wynn. Yes. Yeah. You are right. Hydro is expensive. I mean, all utilities, especially with the summer like we've been having. I know my hydro bill has been much higher because. 
you, you simply can't live in the house without AC. It's, it's, it's too hot for the children, and that, of course, means our bill is much higher. But uh, when it comes to cable and, and Internet, you know, people, if you don't have a phone, it's difficult to get day-to-day things done now. I mean, everyone needs to carry one in order to... Oh, you do. It's your safety. It's, it's everything. It's, it's everything. And people, you know, it's like one of those things where people almost judge you if you don't have a cell phone. They're like, why don't you have a cell phone? That's strange. Yeah. Like, I, I find those people interesting, actually, yeah. now. I find, I find them terribly find them interesting. Fascinating. Yeah. I usually yeah. do a deep dive on how they get around it and... And yeah, it, it is. All right. Rabina, thank you for joining us. You have a great Friday night. You as well. Thanks for having me. Rabina Ahmed Hawk is Global News Radio's personal finance expert. I'm Arlene Bunning and for Alex Pearson, and this is Global News Radio.